This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Discover all of our shows at slashandcast.network. Yeah, I feel like the em- the ending's pretty simple, so... Oh, okay. Well, okay. Oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Conjecturing a Horrorish podcast. With me is Laura. Hello. And Greg. What's up, guys? And I'm your host Rob. How's uh, how's everybody doing tonight? Super great. Doing good, doing good. How's the how's the gold room going tonight? We're back inside. You know, we were in Blair Witchville last week out in the maze. This week we're back. <laughs> we're back inside. <laughs> we're nice and warm. Uh, we survived the witch putting rocks on Laura's head. Thanks to Lloyd, he provides service even when we're outside. Thank God. Yeah, thank God Lloyd was there. Thank God Lloyd was there for us. I feel us. like I've That's seen true. Lloyd uh, slip some ketamine in some of our drinks, you know, <laughs> at the bar. Oh, Lloyd. Come on, Lloyd. Not Lloyd. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> oh, man. That sounds like a Jack thing. I feel like Jack would be that asshole. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, so this week, uh, we're speaking of ketamine, we're doing th- 2013's <laughs> Coherence. <laughs> like, we weren't talking about it before then. Greg was just mentioning that in nowhere. Uh, we're doing 2013's Coherence this week. Uh, so what are you guys wearing tonight? What do we got going on tonight? What do you got going on, Greg? So I'm, I'm dressed as Kevin. He's the guy who just can't take off his damn scarf. I mean, wherever he goes, so he's got he's got a black uh, you know, black button up, a leather jacket, and just a scarf, even indoors. That's true. That's true. Maybe he has a cold neck. His neck's cold all the time. I don't know. Uh, no, that could no? be a thing. Oh, okay, know. okay. All right, that's true. That's true. Uh, nice, nice. And uh, Laura, are you wearing anything tonight? What do you got going on? I'm not dressed as any character, but I am wearing some of our merch. Oh, I'm wearing our Graves Rave tee. No heartbeats. Love it. <laughs> Grave rave. <laughs> it just felt like the right t-shirt because it, you know, I feel like they've got the glow sticks, you know, I feel kind of ravey. <laughs> that's true. That's true. Kinda ravey I here. like it. I like that's it. True. That's, that's true. We, we're each, we, we have our glow sticks each two. We're each wearing glow sticks. Uh, we decided as a, as a unit, as a team, uh, in the gold room in a, in a household ish, uh, to wear blue. We're all blue tonight. So we're, yes. we're, te- we're team blue, hashtag blue. Uh, no greens or reds. Try to mess with us. We might punch you in the face. Um, but uh, yeah, for, for, for me, <laughs> for, for me, I'm, I, I'm Mike uh, talking about punching people in the face. I'm Mike. Uh, I got a gray little vest on here, but I'm also wearing our conjecture, uh, all work and no play, make Jack a dull boy headphone t-shirt on. So also repping some of our merch. Uh, you can actually check out our merch at a uh, tpublic.com slash user slash conjecturing pod. And, and all that'll be in the notes of the show too. If you want to check out some of that merch, we got a ton of designs up there. So yes. All right. So, uh, let's see what we're drinking tonight. Let me get the drop going here. What's in the cups? All right. So what are we, what are we drinking tonight, Laura? We are drinking an M's Comet Mm. and it is made with equal parts gin, sweet vermouth 
and fresh squeezed orange juice, and it is freaking delicious. Oh my god, so tasty! Is this yes. did you did you retitle that name, or is that actually the name of a drink? No, I I retitled it. What was the what's the original name of it, and what it's actually called? I don't know. I this is kind of one that I half made up, half found. So <laughs> okay. I this is gonna have to go up on our <laughs> website because it is so good. Not nice. to mention it's equal parts. To be honest with you, that's like my number one criteria when we're making cocktails. If something is equal parts, okay, I'm in. The moment you're like three-eighths this, I've ejected from the situation. So, yeah. Cheers yeah. to this drink. It's delicious. Nice. Yeah, good yeah, pick, cheers. Laura. Good pick. I like it. I like it. Cheers. Oh, Greg forgot Greg forgot to mention he's drinking out of a coffee mug. You're drinking out of a coffee mm. mug tonight, Greg? I am, but I get a pass because this is the official conjecturing coffee mug. It's got our new logo on it. It's got the, uh, the Slashing Cast Network insignia as well as our new shining background. It looks so clean. Nice. And I've already run it through the dishwasher a couple of times and it's still shiny as new. Oh, nice. I like it. Ooh, it's shiny. Perfect. Perfect for this episode. Nice. <laughs> um, yes. Yeah, so we, let's do a little bit of show news real fast, a little bit of updates. We just want to remind everybody listening, if they like our show, to please rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it's on. Um, we don't have any comments or questions or answers from emails or anything, right, Laura? Nope. No, nothing there. The only thing I did want to talk about is <laughs> my, my mom on Twitter. Uh, it's, it's, uh, Rob's mom on Twitter. It's a at Rob 28 mom. She posted my, uh, blonde highlight pick. Uh, w- without me knowing, she didn't really give me a heads up about that one. But, uh, <laughs> you know, on, on our seven episode, we talked about Brad Pitt's uh, highlights and me and Greg mentioned that we did it. We did it in the whatever late 90s or whatever it was. Um, so my mom actually found it and then put it on Twitter. So if anybody hasn't seen it yet, you can see my mom's Twitter there and see what, what I looked like as a very young, uh, blonde highlight boy um so what 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 did you guys think of that pick i thought it was perfect for the times it was fantastic i really i, I tried my hardest rob to look for mine because i thought you know what he can't be alone in this in this battle he, you know, yeah you need to right see. i know i think i'm but, calling bullshit on you man I think I'm yeah bullshit. likely story I, I, i'm pretty sure your dad does listen and i'm pretty sure he probably found it and then greg got it from him and burned it and i didn't want it out there you know <laughs> hey if any of my family members want to post it I, i'll say go for it go for it okay all right. okay there we go all right okay cool cool hopefully i'm not the only one we'll see what happens in the next couple of weeks uh so do you guys have any <laughs> any uh anything from last week's episode blair witch like we said did laura did you find any rocks outside your house <laughs> anything like that no nothing nope. greg did you fart in a tent <laughs> <laughs> no but i started buying maps of everything i have a map of you know every street in our county i have like two or three versions just in case one gets thrown down the river i've got it oh, i've got a backup oh, just gosh. in case google maps goes down that's one true. day you know you're gonna need maps that's true. You, you're never sure when me or Laura are going to be hanging out with you and we're just going to kick your map, map into a river. That's true. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> uh, yeah, so like we said, this movie we're doing this week, 2013's Coherence. This was Laura's movie pick. Laura, so why did you pick this movie? Oh, my God. Why didn't I pick this movie earlier? Really? Uh, I I saw this movie about a year ago, and I I love psychological thrillers. I love them so much. I mean, horror, comedy, psychological thrillers, that's like my jam right there. And I just... Yeah, I love movies that are kind of underrated. And when you find them, it just feels like you're finding a gem of a movie. Mm -hmm. And it had some pretty unpredictable twists and turns that really make you pause or rewind or just have to think more and make sense of something. And so, yeah, just a big win in my book overall. Nice. That's very true. And this is very similar to Greg's pick on Triangle. 
And I feel mm-hmm. like during our review, we might be mentioning Triangle on multiple times. Uh, I think I that mean, was, you have to. Yeah, yeah, that was what back in episode 22, I believe. Um, I, I feel like I might be the only one that hasn't picked out a gem yet, unless you consider <laughs> things killing a gem. But you know, I don't think anybody does. So <laughs> don't think. I, nope. No. Oh, dang it. All right, well, I got to work on I got to find my gem. I got to dig a little deeper. Uh, so but this is a, I mean, we said this, this is a really cool pick, Laura, something we've never heard of before. So. I'm excited to get to the review and really talk about what the hell is going on with this movie. Um, but before we get to the review, let's do our horror-ish uh, segment of the week. This week I have for you guys. This week I got a question for you guys. Uh, speaking of, of course, this movie, Coherence, speaking of Triangle also, uh, I wanted to ask you guys a question based on alternate reality, time-based movies. So mm. what alternate or time-based reality movie would you choose to be stuck in? You have Coherence, this movie we're doing this week. You have, like I said, from episode 22, Triangle. And lastly, you have a movie I hope we, re- we review one day soon, 1993's Groundhog Day. So between, <laughs> <laughs> between uh, Coherence, Triangle, and Groundhog Day, which one are you picking to be stuck in? To be stuck in? Yeah, you're, you're stuck in these three movies. Um, not really counting the outcomes of them and the endings, but just being stuck in them. <laughs> uh, Laura, do you want to go first? What do you think, Laura? Yeah, I, I actually think this is a fairly easy question, Rob. This hmm. is such a breath of fresh air after the weeks and weeks of how would you rather die? <laughs> um, okay, straight up, I love the movie Triangle. No, thank you. No, thank you. Um, major, major spoilers, obviously, but it's like she's dead. It's it's hmm. it's uh, That's true. Purgatory, like kind the middle. Of, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, the, yeah. It's, the, it's the Sisyphus myth. Yeah, you're you're rolling the boulder up up the hill over and over again. Exactly. So that's totally out. And yeah, I totally picked this movie. I picked Coherence. And I'll tell you why. Okay, Groundhog's Day is one of my favorite movies of all time. To us, it seems like he's having such a lovely day. What a fun (laughs) day to live over and over again, right? Mm -hmm. But for him, that's his job. That's his work. He's just reliving the same day over and over again, doing a job he doesn't love. Uh, and first of all, I think we can all relate being, especially early quarantine days, like just doing your job over and over again, like, ugh, you know, and he's in a town he doesn't care about and it doesn't make him happy. He clearly suffers tons of mental health issues, like the poor guy. It's just, yeah, we, we have to review Groundhog's Day one day because that is truly a horror movie. <laughs> and in coherence, I feel like they're stuck there for one night. So, okay, if I had to do that over and over again, I'd be just going to a dinner party with all of my friends, getting drunk, eating a nice meal, having good company. And once we figured out what was going on, hmm. the whole moral of the story was just stay inside. Don't interact with anybody else. Just mind your P's and Q's. And you know what? We could totally do that and have a great time. Mm-hmm. So, But you don't get to do it on a boat. <laughs> I don't want to do it on when a boat. When was the last time you were on a yacht, Laura? <laughs> I uh, don't think I've ever been on know, a yacht. Specific. I don't want to go on a yacht. Yeah, We haven't sold that much merch yet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think everybody says they don't want to go on a yacht until they actually get on one. So I've been on like the horn blower. <laughs> the what? Whoa. Watch the out. The horn now. blower? I don't know what that is, but uh, okay. <laughs> Do you tell us what a horn blower, blower is. No, I don't oh, know what it is either. Never heard of that. That's a t-shirt though. I know that. Greg, you know what I'm talking about. It's it the sounds, it sounds around sexual. the bays, like in Newport and San Francisco. And they just blow horns? Oh my God. You guys are <laughs> full of shit. I'm done with you. Oh, okay. All right. 
<laughs> Wait, so you're saying that you would you would go on a yacht? You would, so you're changing your answer to triangle? No, my answer is coherence. Thank all you. Right, all right, all right. Can you can you can <laughs> you checking. blow can you blow a horn in your house? That's the real question. Can you do no, that? I don't no? have a horn. Okay. In my house. Well, what about what about incoherence though, Laura? Like if you're just chilling in your guy's house, what if evil Laura comes in and tries to beat you up? That's kind of scary. I'd beat her up right back. <laughs> Blow, blow a horn in her face yeah there you go okay you know what evil laura's not coming for me though because mm. i'm not evil so even in an alternate reality i'm gonna react slightly different but i don't have evilness inside of me so if the other laura comes in i'm just gonna be like well you're clearly the dumber laura <laughs> the dumb laura stay out of this house <laughs> the dumber laura comes in i'll probably give her a quick hug and be in like touch oh. her face and be like i know it's weird it's weird i know and then be like now you gotta go i guess i guess in essence it would really be the drunker laura comes in really <laughs> she's plastered yeah just i'd put her to bed yeah I'd put, put her, her to bed, bed. in oh, our okay. house right. and be like good luck okay all right man I, I might be in this house with laura that sounds pretty cool actually uh, <laughs> all right greg what about you between these three mm. movies which one are you picking to be kind of stuck in okay as much as i was trying to sell laura on on triangle triangle is out <laughs> screw that yeah i mean she just goes to the worst uh situation uh coherence to me also out there mm. was something very unsettling about meeting or being stuck in a, an alternate reality that is not your own i mean in this movie, anytime they met up with themselves, you could tell that their other self was them. But there was just something about the slight difference, knowing that they're from a different reality. That's just, mm -hmm. I don't know, that gives me such the heebie-jeebies. Yeah. I can't deal with it. Mm. Um, so Groundhog's Day is my reality. I, I understand, in, you know, you're living the same day over and over again. That's itself and its own version of purgatory. But... What can you do in one day? A million, you could live a million lives, you know, go skiing, go, you know, parachuting, go crash a car. I, who, all the stuff that he did, I think he wasn't imaginative enough. He could have mm. gone crazier and you can do everything that you want to. And then guess what? You return to your actual reality to where there are no doppelgangers. There are no fake realities. There are no, there is no world that you haven't known your whole life. It's back to, uh, mm -hmm. back to your normal world. Groundhog's Day for me. Groundhog's Day all the way. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Well, I mean, I mean, you you also really didn't mention Greg. Like, yes, you get to live multiple lives within that, but also you die multiple <laughs> times equally. So you also have to think about that. Is like you actually are going to have to die. And I mean, we never really saw a lot of them in Groundhog Day, but you don't usually die peacefully ever. Mm -mm. You know? <sighs> Maybe. I mean, Maybe. who knows? Maybe by like the fifth one. You are no longer afraid of death. I mean, you hear about people who who get attacked by a shark. Mm -hmm. They go back into the water. Like, you know what? I respect the shark more. That's his habitat. I'm going to go back out there. I mean, people, I think, who experience death ha change their, their view on life a lot. Mm -hmm. uh, you, you read people about that a lot? People who experience death change. So they're Sorry, still near death. Near death. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's what? a they, they've written books on the near-death experience and people who go into it have completely different mentalities um when they come back out and usually it, it's for the better mm -hmm. you know they, they mm -hmm. cherish things more they appreciate their loved ones more so i don't know i think it could be a a positive thing mm -hmm. Hmm. okay all right great cool cool yeah i think i'm gonna be with laura i think i'm gonna pick coherence 
But unlike Laura, I'm not staying in that house. What? I, I, You're going to go <laughs> go to all the different realities over yeah. and over again? I'm going to go screwed up. I'm going to go into Laura's house and be like, "Laura, what are you doing in here? Let's go podcast." <laughs> or I'm going to go I'm going to go find my ideal reality, you know? I'm going to go find a cool reality, you know, or something where maybe I do have a yacht. Maybe I'm blowing a horn, I don't know. I'm going to find that reality and then that's going to be my new reality. I'm going to be that asshole. So that's why I'm Mike. I that's why I'm Mike. I have the a best that different i think there's differences Mm-mm. in each of them but you're not going to be like filthy rich in one like uh, that didn't happen i don't know about that we'll get into it in the review there's a couple of things i don't know if you guys picked up on but uh okay all right all i know is i might be a dancer in one reality we'll see what happens uh <laughs> <laughs> well yeah all right well good answers you guys good answers if anybody wants to email us in let us know what uh what movie they would want to kind of like live through uh you can always hit us up email conjecturingpod at gmail or twitter instagram at conjecturingpod you can also leave us a voicemail on our website podpage.com slash conjecturingpod uh so let's get uh, to the movie now um so now it's time to crack our glow sticks let's crack our glow sticks and get to the movie this yeah. week um so like we said we're doing coherence this week 2013 film um, Laura, did, do you know where this movie like originated from? Was this a U.S. based movie? Mm-hmm. It was? Oh, yeah. okay. Cause I know Triangle was like Australia, Australian, right? Australian and I British. think it, it's supposed to take place in Southern California. Oh, that's right. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, yeah, you have writer director James Ward. I don't know how to pronounce this guy's last name. Burkett. Burkett. Okay. Uh, this was his direct directorial debut. I actually looked him up cause it's crazy cause I was telling my wife, uh, she might pop on here quickly. Uh, this is a 2013 movie. We're in 2021 now. This movie is, to me, is a really great movie. Like, why hasn't he done anything else? Like, it's just mm-hmm. really interesting. So I was trying to look up what he's done. And really, beyond this, he's mostly a storyboard artist. So he makes storyboards for movies, including Baby Driver, Rango, and three of the Pirates of the Caribbean movies. He did all the storyboards for those. So... I mean, that's a cool career and everything, but it's just like, it's crazy to think this movie didn't get him more directing gigs or writing gigs because this movie, to me, is a really well done movie. Yeah. It's just crazy. Uh, budget of this movie, you have $50,000, so very, very minimal. The budget was $50,000 for this yeah, movie? Yeah, $50,000. You, you think that's high, Greg, or low? You know what? I, I Now that I think about the movie, it seems appropriate, but I, I'm just not used to that type of figure in the movies that we review. Oh, of course not. Yeah, this is super low budget. I think it's actually, this is all filmed in his own home. I mean, that was just like on all the glow sticks or what? What did they spend that on? That's, <laughs> yeah. that's such a low amount. <laughs> I think it was all that Comet special effects they did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or they they replaced a couple of windshields and that oh, that's day. true. Yeah, they did. That's yeah. true. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, that's really cool. Yeah. Box office, a hundred and pretty much $103,000. Like it doubled its budget. It, you know, limited release. I mean, I mean, it's probably making more money now renting oh, on, on Amazon yeah. Prime Certainly. and stuff like that. You get it at whatever, four bucks a pop yep. or whatever it is. So, um, but I think this was available on Hulu and a bunch of places mm-hmm. for free. So, um, Laura, do you want to do interesting facts? Yeah. So Burkett told an interviewer, uh, so this is a quote from him, for about a year, all I did was make charts and maps and draw diagrams of houses, arrows pointing where everyone was going, trying to keep track of different iterations, months and months of tracking fractured realities, looking up what actual scientists believe about the nature of reality, including Schrodinger's cat and all that. Uh, It was all research, but despite all of the graphs and charts, 
He says, I think our whole idea was that it has to be character-based. We want the logic of our internal rules to be sound, and we wanted it to be something people could watch 12 times and still discover a new layer. I Dang. love that quote. That is super cool. That is super I literally cool. just imagine him with like charts. Like this probably drove him crazy. But then, you know, the next fact will explain the whole thing about the character base. So mm-hmm. my next fact I have here is the director wanted this to be shot. Well, first of all, shot in his own in his own home. It was shot in his living room. It was shot over five days in order. Wow. And with each actor only getting a paragraph a day on their goal for the day. Wow. So this movie is heavily unscripted and totally improvised yeah. with everyone wow. just having goals of the day, only know the few things that their character needs to do that day and not having a clue about what the other characters' motives are, or what they're doing. So some of these actors have actually said in other interviews I read that they had no idea what the movie was about until they watched it later. And they weren't given any lines? No. Damn. So a lot of the times when they don't know what's going on with other characters and these mysteries arise, that's their actual reaction. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I read something too. They were saying that like the actual, the actual quote-unquote script of the movie is only like 12 pages like that's it and, and even and those 12 pages are really just all the interactions and like the you know the surprises but like you said the cast never got those till scripts that's such a gamble yeah well and then this this also kind of plays into this here but the actor who plays amir his name's alex monaghan i think he's also one of the co-writers he was essentially the mole who helped guide scenes if the actors went astray Mm, that which makes I think sense. makes so much sense, but yeah, how because, funny yeah. too. If they were completely improvising, I mean, the the premise is that they know each other to some degree, they're friends. So if they're right. completely improvising, then you there would be an absolute disconnect. They wouldn't know each other's backgrounds to any extent. So you need some somebody like that. That that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I think I read that after my first watching. All up front right now, I, I watched this movie four times. So, so, <laughs> so. You're an but, expert. Yeah, after, after my second viewing and reading that, there's one scene in particular, like I spot out knowing that Amir's character is like the mole. There's one scene, I think, where, uh, where Amir or, uh, Amir and he come back from the other house. Yeah. And they're being like, what did you see? What did you see? And like one of the, he starts, he starts to like, have like this little like sentence he starts saying i forget what he's actually saying and a mirror like cuts him off and he's like what's in the box like what what is it like what's there you know and then he gets back on track to what he's saying and i was like oh Ooh. i picked that up like i'm pretty sure that was one of the scenes where a mirror like told him you know more or less like get to the point get to the point you know yeah yeah i mean we've heard of we've reviewed a lot of movies unfriended uh paranormal blair witch that just like minimal script improvised i've never heard of one like this though that's like no yeah. cards for the day and you don't know what anybody else is saying you don't even know the premise or like what's happening like that's pretty crazy yes like yeah. seeing what what we got out of that and knowing what they put into it is is pretty impressive yeah yeah cool uh laura you want to do cast yeah so we have emily baldoni as m uh, Maury Sterling as Kevin, Nicholas Brendan as Mike, but I will only be referring to him as Xander from here course, on out, obviously. Uh, we have L- Lorraine Scafaria as Lee, Hugo Armstrong as Hugh, Elizabeth Grayson as Beth, Alex Monaghan as Amir, and Lauren Maher as Lori. So a lot of them kept either their same name or very similar except for kevin his was the i guess kevin and mike they're the only two that were like super off but everyone else it was really similar 
Yeah, it's it's funny. I was talking to my wife about you guys know when I usually review these movies, I cannot remember names of characters. I'm no. like the bald guy, the big guy, this chick with glasses. <laughs> this movie by the fourth showing, I'm like, oh my god, Hugh went to Kevin, he talked about this, and then he said Mike, and so like I remember everybody's <laughs> name now. It's just so funny because I'm never that guy on this show. So it's it's gonna be a good recording for everybody listening of me being able to actually say characters' names because I know them. Um. Laura, you want to try to do a synopsis? Yeah, try to do is, <laughs> I think I had trouble with triangle, right? Oh yeah, my God. yeah. Okay. Uh, Coherence is a movie about eight friends getting together for a dinner party. And it happens to be on the night of a strange comet passing by over them. And so after losing power and, uh, you know, their phones start to break, they go outside and essentially see copies of themselves. And they come to find out that the comet is causing these multiple realities that are all occurring at once. And when the comet fully passes, the realities will all collapse with only one remaining. Maybe. Maybe. Oh, that's true. Okay. That was good, Laura. That was a good job, you know? Oh, thank you. Good job. Good job. I like it, you know? Um, uh, okay. Let's, uh, let's, uh, well, actually, let me get my wife in here. My wife is going to join us. I've been talking about her for 50 something episodes, probably. You guys have heard about her. <laughs> yeah. Uh, she, uh, she called me out on a certain episode. I remember that. Laura got a text and shot me down. Um, so, <laughs> you know, uh, she usually doesn't watch the movies with me. Uh, she's watched, of course, Scream with me and a couple other ones that she was interested in. Usually she doesn't. She doesn't like scary movies. Uh, when I told her this movie was not really scary, it's more like psychological thriller. She's like, okay, let me check it out. And uh, she caught me on my second watch. So we both watched it twice. Uh, I watched it four times. She watched it twice. And our last viewing was literally watching it, pausing it, talking about a scene, then continuing that, that, you know, must have took us like three hours to finish that movie. But, but most of it, oh she's just, gosh. she's just telling me that like, my theories are dumb. So Laura, of course, knows her. This is a, one of Laura's best friends. Uh, Greg, of course, knows her through me and everything like that. But uh, let me let me get her on here real fast. <laughs> okay, I got my wife here now. We're all reset up now. Uh, do you want to say hello? Sure. Um, just for the record, you're oh. already lying. Oh, I'm already uh, lying. <laughs> I actually know Greg the longest oh. because what? we've known each other. There we go. Freshman year of high school. Oh, okay. Well, so. lying and being uh, oh, misinformed you know. is is a different but, uh, <laughs> tomato tomato. Yeah, tomato tomato. <laughs> true, true, true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right. <laughs> All right. I already. I think I already regret this. Okay. All right. I was about to say, and this is why Rob has kept her off the pod for fifty something episodes. <laughs> That's probably true. She usually calls me on my bullshit, so this is going to be an interesting episode, everybody, guys. Okay, so let's uh, let's get into the review before I get into more trouble. Uh, let's uh, let's just start like was it with the opening of this movie, the setup, the comet, more or less. You know, the dinner scene, kind of the first maybe fifteen minutes of this movie uh laura do you want to start yeah so the opening it just kind of like dives right in you know uh we meet i guess what we would call the main character emily m and she's on the phone with her boyfriend um so we we kind of get a taste right from the beginning that the relationship isn't great he has to take a work trip to i think vietnam and invites her along and she is pretty hesitant about going and doesn't answer him um, and I also thought it was weird that she showed up to the dinner party by herself without him. So already you're like, what? Why didn't they go together? Like, what's going on in the relationship? So we get to this uh, dinner party. Greg, did you watch this movie? <laughs> <laughs> no, I thought that, okay, you could hear him on the phone. It sounded like he was flying in on an airplane. Right. Why didn't she pick him up? That's what I thought, too. But then well, she why said, didn't, didn't she your pick, him up, pick him up? I mean, 
feel like that. But he showed up with possible. his buddy. I was Anyways. confused. I thought the guys were a couple in the beginning. Oh. It's a different reality. Yeah, <laughs> yeah probably. You never know. <laughs> so, you know, they're they're at this dinner party. It's eight friends. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it just felt very natural. I mean, obviously, this is like a pretty B cast. It's not anyone super well known, except for Xander, of course. And uh <laughs> And yeah, I just felt like the flow, I liked it from the beginning. It almost felt like a found footage film without being one. It also really reminded me of The Invitation, a very natural like group of friends at a dinner party. So I really liked that. And then, you know, you find out that there's a comet like happening that night, which at first you're like, big deal. I mean, we've all lived through comets passing by that we've seen with the naked eye. But, uh, you know, but then they all they're having fun over wine, they're speculating about what that could mean. And so I just thought that, that was like, I thought that was a really good setup. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed it. Nice. What about you, Greg? What did you think like the opening setup of this movie? I was split the first few minutes. I to be honest with you, I, I didn't like it at all. Hmm. Um, I mean, everything leading up to them actually sitting down for dinner. I just was not a fan of that, that shaky handheld camera. Like you said, Laura, you thought it was a plus. I didn't like it. It kind of felt like a reality show a little bit, like reality TV. They were putting the camera um, in between people. It was very jumpy. I really wasn't digging that. And I'm kind of split on, you know, they had too much of that unscripted. Like you said, now that I know that it was completely improvised, now that doesn't, that doesn't surprise me. But that casual convo vibe seemed a little bit overacted for me mm-hmm. everyone's always talking over each other they it, to me it seemed like they were trying way too hard to sound casual and you know at, on one hand i kind of i kind of do like that because you know whenever you show up to a dinner party with friends you haven't seen for a while it's a little bit awkward you haven't you don't know each other's pace each other's vibe it's been a while um especially after covid i, f- I feel like when we all get together we're gonna be like <laughs> Don't know how to be social at all, but I'm be like, who are you, Greg? Who are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are you, are you, are you a real Greg? Or are you a double Greg? Who the fuck are you? But you know, I, I will say that, um, when they do sit down and they do start having some drinks and she starts talking about, M starts talking about her understanding and she had read about the comet that had passed many decades ago and what it, what it had done and how we're kind of experiencing some of the same phenomenon. Their, their cell phones are, the breaking, the glass is breaking. They don't get reception. Um, I actually liked that. I thought that the transition from everyone being jovial and happy and super chill, that transition to being more worried and concerned and how that differed from person to person. Some people, you know, like the lights go out, they go outside, they see the comet overhead, which is not like, you know, we've seen comets in our time in space. This is not an average comet. It's like almost in our atmosphere. You can see mm-hmm. pieces of it breaking off. So then, you know, they slowly start to get worried and anxious about what's going on. And I actually like that. Um, I thought it was, I thought it was really cool. I felt by it, the first five minutes put me off because of the style of, of the shots, but by like minute 10, I was into it and I felt like I was a member of that dinner party. So I, I definitely like that. Cool. Cool. Lord, do you like any, and even Nick here, you know, my wife, um, like, do you guys like, have you guys remember, do you guys remember seeing comets? Like, I don't, Greg yeah. is saying like, he's like seen a million comets. He's an, you know, a fucking ast- astrologer, astronomer, astronomer, astronomer. Oh God. Oh, that's true. Uh, <laughs> um, do you guys, Laura, have you seen like a lot of comments? Like Greg, what do, you, what do you think? Well, 
I mean, I think Greg's talking about comments you don't see from the naked eye, like maybe oh, in uh-huh. books or I don't know. But <laughs> no, it's like Haley's because- comment. You know, they would okay, tell you that- okay, like that. But it's this movie is set in Southern California, and when I was living in Southern California, I saw a real comet. Is this why you were dating your your husband? Is this that, that then or before? Oh yeah, I think mm-hmm. we were engaged. Probably did he act a little weird when you got home? Was he a little different? He's always weird. Oh. So. <laughs> <laughs> This wasn't when it started. He was just always like, okay, well, that's good to know. What, what, what about you? What about you, Nick? About comments? Yeah. Do you remember any comments? Uh, I, you know, you hear about the stuff on the news and everything, but I'm never one to like really go outside and check it out. Cause I do think like when it's a full moon, you can always just tell cause people do act a little off or like when you realize it's a full moon and then it's like, oh, like this behavior makes so much sense. <laughs> so I just, let shit happen and just mm. you know i'm just saying yeah so imagine what a comment will do to yeah someone. exactly <laughs> you're, you're the smart person like from this movie yes. you don't leave the house yes, okay exactly. right. yeah. I'm, the, I'm the one being like bye i'm gonna go wander the streets for a bit no that's 100 you know? yeah yes, that's exactly it actually has happened before that's yeah, true no, yeah it has. yeah <laughs> oh, <that's laughs> many, funny. Times. many times yeah i know yeah um, no i thought about it do you remember when we lived in monterey the transistor blue yes. yeah i remember that and yeah. we're on a second story so we see the shit on fire <laughs> And I'm like, oh, a fire, like, okay, as long as it doesn't come near us, we're fine. This guy, I'm going to go see what's going on. <laughs> I'm sorry, are you the fire department? Why? Yeah, I wasn't, I wasn't the fire department, no. <laughs> he, went, he goes walking down the street. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, man. There, but look, uh, I, I, I think that's a ridiculously stupid idea, but there's something to be said about you know, guys are just curious. They want to see what what is the front of the line. What, what's where's, what's going on with the action? You know, I I empathize. Is it a stupid move? Yeah, Rob, you're not a fire marshal. No, so was, don't no, do that. It's not. No. Uh, yeah. So that's me. Okay. Um, <laughs> you're a mirror. Okay, we get it. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Uh, so what do you, what did you think of the opening, Nick, of this movie? Well, I actually, completely disagree with Greg because yes. I felt like they. Well, first, I was confused. I was confused about the relationships. Um, and everyone's, you know, connection and what was happening. Um, I don't know. I was just confused by it. So it took me a little time to get it. But once I got the sense they were old friends, it did feel like they already had a shorthand together. So like they didn't need to speak in like complete sentences to, to, you know, get what was going on. Like when they're like, Oh, Lori's coming. Like no further explanation was needed. They just, they knew like, mm-hmm. Oh, shit's going to go down. And when I found out that. It was not really scripted. Uh, I honestly thought they were just like acting really well. Like, <laughs> wow, they're at a dinner party. This seems so natural. And then, oh, well, they weren't really acting. They, I mean, I guess they were, but <laughs> mm. they're just like making it up as they yeah. go along. So improv, improv. Mm. So it kind of uh, explained why it seemed so natural. Yeah. I mean, are we, are, are we getting into anything in the opening of this movie, guys, yet? Or am I just talking about my first time watching, not my fourth time watching when I dissected the first 10 minutes of this movie? Yeah, well, within the first 10 minutes, I think thing, they're already sitting down and eating. And there are things being said that are major foreshadowing. And I've only seen this movie twice. And I the first watch was a year ago. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it again the other day. And because I remember the ending, um, I think there are two things that are huge foreshadowing in the beginning. So they're sitting down for dinner. And the first is when they're talking about another comment that had passed by and how M had heard on the news that, oh, a woman went crazy and killed her husband. So like that was major foreshadowing. And then also her entire personal story about how she was prima ballerina. And, you know, she got the role of the understudy and she was too 
full of pride. So she was like, no way, I'm not taking that. And then turns out, you know, the main ballerina went out and then the understudy got it. And now she's this famous ballerina and how she essentially took her life and how she would have obviously done it different now knowing that. So clearly she feels like she doesn't deserve the life she's living. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just how she's so indecisive and she's still indecisive because of not making the decision of whether or not to go with her boyfriend. Yeah. Yeah. yeah with that decision. Yeah. The Kevin, right. Kevin, uh, her boyfriend, mm -hmm. uh, yes, her. he's getting a new job in Thailand, Vietnam, Vietnam. Um, and won't be like, you're going to come with me or not. And she's just kind of like, I haven't made a decision yet, you know? And, and then he's kind of like, well, a non-decision is a no. So, um, yeah. just being like, yeah, kind of, kind of just showing, like you said, kind of like who she is. She's just not a decisive person. She doesn't want to make these decisions. Um, but, uh, but I actually, I actually did like the opening. You know, I, I liked the natural dialogue. I thought it was real. Like I said, not knowing too that this was all improv. I kind of assumed it was because it just felt so organic that I'm like, there's no way this could be all scripted. I mean, like I said, this is, uh, I don't know if I said this yet, this isn't going to be a normal review, everybody, where it's, this movie is too crazy to try to go linear, because then you're going to have to go backwards a bit. We the same thing we did with Triangle, we're kind of just going to talk about it and get into things a bit here and there, so... I mean, the one thing I want—we're improving today. Yeah, we're, we're, <laughs> yeah, no we're, we're, we're improving a bit. Yeah. Um. I mean, right away for me, I just want to ask Laura because I think me and Laura might have the biggest difference of opinions here. Is I just want to ask. Well, you and I guess Greg too and, and Nick, but when do you guys think this coherence, this event started? Well. I obviously as a viewer didn't notice it until the first people leave the house. And that is uh, Amir and Hugh, mm -hmm. right? Amir and yeah. Hugh. Uh, and, and on my second watch, knowing what this movie's about, I'm like, oh, they're leaving. They're not coming back the same people. Mm -hmm. However, you're making me realize that that could not be them from the beginning. They could be showing up to this dinner party, not them. Mm -hmm. And that's actually one of my biggest things is that I think even if you are whiteboarding this movie and trying to figure out the patterns you're seeing, that's not probably even the original them when they're in those scenes making decisions about those patterns, if that makes sense. It's yeah. so hard to explain, but I just feel like there's nothing you could do to ever figure out. Yeah. I mean, I think by the end of the movie, we have proof there's five based on the objects that are in each box. But there's so there's so many more than that. Yeah, I mean, that's why I watched this movie four fucking times. And I actually tried to watch it a fifth <laughs> time. And my wife was like, no, you cannot watch this movie anymore. Because they just <laughs> weren't making sense. The series were not making sense. He was just like saying words of nonsense. You were being incoherent <laughs> with your series. Yeah, she, <laughs> she actually was showering. And I came into the shower. And not into the actual shower, but into the bathroom <laughs> to be like, hey, I just thought of this idea. And she was just like, no, get out. And she, that's when she forbid me to watch anymore but uh, but uh, but uh, but I'm asking because most I think what most people are saying what reviews I've read is that everybody uh assumes this this common event starts with the first blackout the lights mm. all go out and everybody okay, assumes when they lose power that's yeah. when it starts are, are you on that same line Laura yeah I mean that's when they realize that shit's going down and and I mean they all probably showed up there they didn't see some dark abyss down the street so yeah I would say that I probably agree. That's Do you think, when... though, like talking about it, that it actually starts when her phone breaks? That's well, that's my mm. big thing, you know, uh, with this movie. I, I think 
this started with her first instance, her phone breaks. That's when I think everything starts with this movie. So like you're saying, mm-hmm. Laura, if that's what that's my third theory that that's when it starts when everybody arrives to the house separately, you're already getting alternates already. I totally buy into that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, what, what do you think, Greg? Are you in that line that it starts right away with the phone? Or are you in the, the blackout is when it first starts? I don't know. I think if you're talking about the idea of the Schrodinger's cat, I think it starts at the beginning of time. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> well, let's let's go through all those realities, guys. So you got um, you got Jesus in the desert. Did he go left or right at one point? Which reality is that? This is what I'm saying. Is like okay. So the whole idea is like everything that can happen will happen, right? So I think all of these alternate realities they have always existed, right? It's just a matter of triggering some type of event that gets them to allow crossover. Okay. So if that's what you're oh. talking about. So there's two different things happening. There's one that's when did they actually materialize? I think they've always been there. I think that's the yeah. idea of the yeah. of the the multiverse, right? But in terms of when were they actually able to cross that boundary? I would agree with Laura and say that when they showed up to the house unless they passed through some dark area to where it was very obvious that they were going from one reality to the to the other i think it started the the moment that uh that all the power went out in the neighborhood because then they were able to look out Mm -hmm. they could see that the power was out except for the one house that was lit which was actually their house from another reality Mm -hmm. and by the way i was so annoyed by the fact that this is something i've been doing the last few episodes counting how many times something happens in a, a limited amount of time they said that the house with the lights on was two blocks down they said it four times in the span of like two minutes and that bugged the heck out of me i don't know why they kept emphasizing on that anyway oh greg you're doing the same thing you did with the invitation man <sighs> anyway okay so anyway but that's my whole point is like i think the the uh the coherence right so the idea of the coherence is that um it, it's the it's the breakdown that ensures that the realities have no interaction with each other so the breakdown of the coherence i think happens when all the lights go out and then there's that dark space that allows people to cross over mm-hmm. but then again again there's so many weird moments before the the, the blackout happens which, you know, Rob, hopefully you, you can touch on where they don't seem to understand each other's backgrounds, yeah. which seems like that it, it seemed too, when I, my second time watching it, it seemed too bizarre to be normal. But then I thought, well, if that was the case, why didn't they experience any of this phenomenon driving up to the house? Um, mm-hmm. So what do you think about that? Yeah, because that's really my big thing with watching this four times is you really start to see all these little tiny things that the first time viewing, you think they're just either jokes or mess ups or continuity errors. The director just fucking didn't even think about, you know, this is a low budget movie. It could have been a mistake. But you watch this movie and knowing like what this is and reading, like you said, Laura, this director took over a year to plan the occurrences. So I feel like nothing in this movie is a mistake. Everything is supposed to be there. So when you talk about what, what Greg said, the the opening dinner conversations and everybody's already come and you have, to me, the biggest two obvious ones are you have Xander, as Laura wants to call him, saying he was on Roswell. And then you have Lori uh, saying, I watched that show. I love that show. I don't remember you. So that's already one that she clearly has seen the show, but she doesn't remember him. So to me, she is from a different reality where he was not on that show. Well, they, you know, one thing is they, they kept describing Lori as this like, you know, 
voluptuous vixen before she arrived. And that bugged I, me. Okay, are we... Is Scarlett Johansson as the Black Widow going to roll up through this front door? Like, that's what I'm expecting. <laughs> I said Catherine Zeta-Jones. Yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones. I'm like, what are we about to see here? And it's just like a woman in a this dress. boring-ass chick walks in. Yeah, what was that <laughs> yeah. about? But I don't know if that... Maybe that's what you're talking about, Rob. It was like, maybe one reality had a different idea of who she was. And, yeah. and then, oh my that, god, you're that, blowing uh, my mind. So, so that right. is it. That's the other one I was trying to hint at, is you have, you have Mike, you know, the guy from Roswell, that when they mention Lori in the kitchen in the opening, he's like, who? He's like, who's that? And they have to describe who she was. And he's like, okay. And then you have the dinner scene with them. And in his memory, she taught yoga. But right. clearly, she's not from this reality. And she's like, I don't know who that is. So to me, she is totally different from the beginning. Uh, and that's some of the things you kind of start to notice is all these times where something kind of doesn't add up where people are like, wait, what? that it's not a coincidence it, or it, it's not you know it's supposed to be there for a reason um you just don't know it until you watch this movie fucking multiple times but then, like i to, did to laura's point though rob it's like if that's the case right the blackout hadn't happened yet no why didn't when, when they drove up to the house if you think that the realities have been uh crossing over at that point are you saying that i mean they didn't pass through like a black a, a blacked out zone Right. No, to me, the way this movie works is the blackout is M's theory. It's her idea. Okay. It doesn't mean it's true. The sure. way I think this movie works is every time someone leaves the house or enters the house, it changes. It has nothing to do with the black area. Every time someone leaves the house, that happens yeah. like once a minute. Exactly. <sighs> That's why you go through this movie and you're talking about by the end, like nobody's the same every time. I mean, we'll get into some other ones I have that I picked up on watching this with her and pausing it every like four minutes to be like, we we literally were like, did the shirts change? Our buttons yeah. changing? Counting them. <laughs> so, wow. And were they? So yeah, speaking of that, yeah. it's mostly wow. Mike. It's mostly Mike. I'm wearing his vest. He wore a vest and everything. It's mostly yeah. Xander. There are multiple scenes in this movie at the dinner table in the beginning where his shirt will be buttoned up to the second button. Next scene, it's like buttoned down farther. Uh, the big one to me is when they go outside to investigate, to actually investigate the blackout. So when they go outside to investigate that, his shirt completely changes to a light color. Wow. It's like a, I mean, I thought it was whitish, but there's no way it could be that light it's in the a dark. light blue, like flannel-y looking shirt. It's like one scene that it flashes yeah. and then it's back to blue and they come back inside. There's just multiple things like that. I mean, that possibly could be a fuck up by the director. I don't know. No, But it's not. It, there's just so many scenes no. like that. It makes sense. I mean, he is the most erratic character. He is a past alcoholic and in some realities still an alcoholic, not recovered. And he's also the one that like wants to go out by himself to blackmail himself. So he's like a troublemaker. And, you know, I mean, obviously I'm jumping ahead here, but when Emily figures out that they're all remembering, okay, like I know I'm jumping ahead. There's a box and there's photos and then they all roll a die to assign themselves a number to try to, rem to try to remember like, okay, this was my assigned number. And when Emily realizes that they all remember a different number, if you guys recall, she's grouping them all by like, okay, this was the green group. This was the red group. This was the blue group. Mike was a completely different memory. Yeah. So, I mean, who knows how many Mikes we've seen. So that totally makes sense. To only, me. only Lee and Beth, I think had the same number because they, they hadn't left they the, didn't house. Leave yeah, the house. They didn't really yeah. leave the house. So Rob, what you're saying is when you leave the house, what happens? It, it's, it seems to me like their theory of, when you go into the black space, it's a roulette wheel and you just randomly go into another reality. You never can come back. There's just so many. They do that calculation at one point where there's whatever 
five million, five thousand reality yeah. or something like that. I mean, that's probably that's probably minimal. Like Greg said, this is trillions. You know, it's a multi thing. There's just infinite number of realities that just in this moment you're being able to access. Um, so I believe, like I said, this starts with the first phone call with the phone breaking. Cause even if you think about it, Kevin and, and M are having a conversation on the phone and Kevin is like, Hey, I need to talk to you about something, blah, blah, blah. Then when she gets to the house, it seems like he doesn't want to say anything. So to me, that's already a different Kevin to begin with. Well, at the dinner table, they do, they are talking about how cell phones breaking are that is a common phenomena that is occurring with just the general public mm -hmm. so d does this thing happen from the moment that the first cell phone starts to break or as far as this dinner party it's when m's starts to me it, to me it just starts when the phone breaks and her in the car because when she goes to the house she's already in a different reality wow um to me and then so then every time people show up whether it's amir and Lori or it's hugh and kevin they're from all different realities so even from the very beginning when they're all sitting at the table and you assume at that point everybody is from this reality to start at least you have like three or four realities already mixed in to begin with you know, Jeez. Um, it's just, yeah, it's just crazy. Like I said, you pick up on this stuff, multiple viewings. That's why if anybody listening, you watched it once and you're like, these guys are fucking morons. Like, please listen to <laughs> watch this movie again and just pay attention to these little details that you either thought were a mistake or thought that was just like, well, if they're improv, maybe they said something wrong. Like, I feel like nothing was wrong in this movie. I feel like it's just so well planned out and edited by the director and writer to make it seem a certain way. It's just crazy. You know, we'll get into more as we keep going here. I have multiple occurrences of when things are changing and not if you didn't pick up on it. But uh, hey, let me use the restroom real quick. I'll be right back. Okay, Rob. Okay, go for it. We'll keep talking, man. We'll keep talking. All right, thanks. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, so, Laura, let's uh, let's let's talk more about the box patterns. You know, do you want to get in more of the box and what it means? That's kind of where you have. If you're watching this for the first time, when you kind of see and realize something's going on. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of, you know, I have two different feelings towards the scene. The first is the first time you're watching this movie, because how unsettling is it that they have this mysterious box and they open it? And first they, they pull out like a ping pong paddle. So you're like, I don't know. But then there's pictures of themselves with like random, you know, nonsensical numbers written on the back. So you're just kind of like, oh, God, what does this mean? Are they being targeted? And then there's a mirror. They're like, that's the shirt you're wearing now. That's the mirror you took a picture in front of now. Like someone took this picture of you. So I thought that was super cool the first time you're watching this because you're just like, what is happening? And then to find out that it's something completely different. It's that this box is a physical piece that each reality is trying to have be their tie into the world. It almost reminds me of, um, what's that? Oh, Interception. Inception. <laughs> I just, I just, I, we just watched Interstellar the other night. Oh. I got confused. Uh, <laughs> Interception. But you know, like Leo's character has something to hold the on marker, to to yeah. try to, mm -hmm. yeah, the marker. And that's what they're trying to do with this box. And so I think that that was a really just genius idea of the writers and director. And, you know, as the movie goes on, the box is now changing. There's a different object in the box and they figure out that they're, getting these pictures of themselves and rolling the die and you know obviously there's going to be different numbers being rolled in every reality every time so they're writing down different numbers every time and i just thought that that was one of the many things i think is genius about this movie yeah, yeah. i really enjoyed all nice. of that all right Gre greg's back now uh greg what did you uh think of like oh the hey box? nicole's with us cool yeah <laughs> okay what, what <laughs> 
Greg, you think can I can I talk about how much I hate these people, please? <laughs> oh sure. Uh, because oh, no. right away, emergency, like they're flipping out. They're all on different pages. Like, how are you friends? <laughs> and I'm like, if a blackout occurred, of course, first of all, get light going on. If there's a generator, get that generator going on. Keep those lights off so not everyone's knocking on your door to try to use your phone or whatever. And you stay in the house. My doors are already yep. locked because I'm not crazy. I lock my doors. <laughs> and I probably already have like decorations that double as weapons in every room. So like, yes. you drink some wine, you stay inside. The one that I would have to like keep from leaving would probably be this guy. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, if you, you leave, you're leaving. I'm not letting you back in. So mm -hmm. good luck. Mm -hmm. M does say that to Kevin at one point where he yeah. wants to leave. She's like, no, you're not leaving. So that's a picture into our marriage, everybody. Yeah. 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 That scene. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm like, who goes out? And then like, I, again, jumping, but like with the car stuff, who cares about your car right now? Like, <laughs> do you think some crazy shit's going on? Mm -hmm. So. Mm, okay, so yeah. you, you would, like we said, you would be in the end house in this movie, the picture perfect house where nobody yeah. left and they're all yeah. just drinking. I mean, I yeah. agree. Exactly. You don't leave. I agree. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I know that, that brings up the point. Like, we're, you know, we're, we're not really that far into the review yet, but it's kind of coming up organically here. Kind of like the conversations. Um, like, who who would each of you guys be in this damn movie? Laura, like, who are you going to be in this movie? Which Ooh. character kind of fits you? And also, like, which one are you? Are you alternate Mike? Are you alternate M? Oh, you know? geez. What are you doing? I, we can't. I can't do <laughs> you this. Can't go down, you can't go down that road? Okay. All right. Well, Which I'm I'm with Nicole. I'm not leaving the house at all. Mm. Uh, so that leaves Lee or Beth. Beth's or no. Which one? Which one sleeps? Lee. <laughs> which one takes the nap? Lee takes Lee. the nap. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Lee takes the nap, which sounds appealing, but that's not me. I probably wouldn't take a nap at a dinner party. So I'm probably the, the one that brings the drugs. That's yeah. probably yeah. the one I mm -hmm. called for you. <laughs> the one that's just sipping on her wine the whole time like and whatever ketamine. And ketamine, oh yeah. yeah she's well first of all i have never done ketamine i think ketamine's insane i don't know wow but the anyway would but be the, the one offering uh mm -hmm. around if anyone was feeling uncomfortable that's true. yeah that's true okay all right there you go what, what about what about you greg which character would you be in this movie i'd probably go with hugh hugh huh. yeah hmm. hugh he has you know, flashes of, okay, well, let's, let's figure out what's going on. You know, he happens to, his brother is some type of astrophysicist or something. So, and the idea was that he was supposed to call him if anything weird happened. So I, you know, I, I can empathize with wanting to get down to the bottom of the issue. You know, when you're, when you have a blackout in an upscale neighborhood, what's the worst that can go wrong in, in your mind? You, you haven't gotten wind of any kind of supernatural phenomena that's, yet or threat but i but so this this is the thing is there were times where he he reeled that back in when mike was kind of flying off the handle and was saying you know what i'm gonna go to the other house and see what's going on i'm gonna get that book back he was like i'm not giving you my keys so i think he had a good measure of doing the right thing and trying to solve the problem with at the same time trying you know knowing when enough was enough and, and staying home so bullshit I, I, <laughs> You don't think Greg's so? the guy that'd be like, it's not a big deal. Let me do what I want to do. Greg, <laughs> we've already, I, I feel like I'm hating on you this episode and I'm sorry, but we've already talked about you're the, you're Mike from Fire in the Sky. You get out of the truck <laughs> to see what's happening with the aliens. 
<laughs> and you admitted it. You were like, I'm no. So this is the first thing that that went through my head when they said, "Okay, there's only one house with lights on." I was thinking, okay, a comet flying overhead, everyone's power goes out. You have one house with lights. Don't go to that house. They're probably doomsday preppers. They're probably <laughs> some type of you know comet cult, right? And and they have power. <laughs> so like, I'm not getting anywhere near that house. So I have like, I have some, you know, I have some reason with me. Oh, but at, at the same time, you know, maybe you're right. Like one thing I did like was when they established the idea of the of the collapsing realities. You know, one line that I really loved was Mike when he was like. You know, if we're collapsing right now, I'm going to collapse on them. I'm not going to wait for them to collapse on us. I'm not waiting for a drunk Michael to come kill me and kill you and come kill you and you. And I kind of thought that's that is kind of true. You know, maybe staying at home sounds like a reasonable idea till you realize that the alternate realities out there could be coming for you. So maybe you go get them first. So I don't know. Part of that I understood. You'll, you'll break out your baby samurai sword, Greg, and start running down the street. <laughs> okay, see. that was the other thing is they didn't walk out of the house with weapons. Idiots. They were they were unarmed. I mean, grab, like Nicole, you said, every ha- everything in your home is a weapon, theoretically. <laughs> grab, you know, grab some hand sanitizer. Grab a stapler. Grab anything, yeah, you know? Anything. They just walked out completely unarmed. I didn't didn't understand that. I'm probably super naive, but in my mind, I'm like, if I'm not a violent person, then I don't think an alternate reality Laura would be. So I'm not afraid of her. I'm just not afraid. So, But I'm like, everyone just stay in your own house. Yeah. No, this pandemic makes me not trust people, though, Mm. in general. You don't know it's going to be you. People can't even wear a cloth mask. Like, (laughs) I don't trust anybody. (laughs) That's true. That's true. <laughs> yeah, you have to imagine the the very worst possible version of you, Laura, because that's the idea. Is that the, there are so many infinite possibilities. It could be the one that decided twenty years ago to be like a hardcore Limp Biscuit fan and just you know <laughs> wear a backwards cap. Oh no, the rest of her life. And I am that. I did that. I'm not well, messing with that, me. Laura. No way. <laughs> Oh my god. I've seen the fire in Laura's eyes sometimes when we record and the worst Laura. Oh my god. I'm just saying we're talking about Greg who who has many times said he is similar to Jack Torrance and that he just <laughs> Well, I think the problem is we're we're currently right now talking to the worst Greg. He's already the worst. So <laughs> there are no better realities. I Sorry like guys. We've lived through scenarios where Lindsay's like, "Don't Greg, don't." And you're like, "No, no, no. It's cool. It's cool. It's fine." Like so I feel like we've lived that mm-hmm. there yeah. are better me's out there yeah. I hate to say. Oh, okay <laughs> <laughs> okay i'll let i'll let my wife pick like who who am i am i my thing is like Ooh. i'm either kevin or mike i know i'm not hugh he's way too thought and like logical and yeah. reas- reasonable about what he's doing amir really doesn't do anything so i'm definitely not him because i feel like it would be mike or kevin i just don't know which one what do you think uh like not or am i taking a nap i don't know not for like exact <laughs> not for exact like actions but i think you would be mike i think i think so too i mean i'm i don't know if i'd be to that crazy degree right, like, right. like i'm gonna go kill them first but right. i think his the way he rationalize things like do yeah. something do something you know, do without something. really really thinking i'm gonna blackmail myself <laughs> stupidly yeah yeah <laughs> yes just the stupidest shit and you're like it's a great it's idea a great, yeah i'm pretty sure i've literally said it's a great idea to you oh, multiple times and, and it's it's blue back yeah, in my face every yeah day, like. oh every day okay well, there we go <laughs> i thought i would be lee just because i wouldn't leave the house Mm-hmm. That the one that takes a nap mm-hmm. yeah like, oh i wouldn't take a nap but i also just would <laughs> not would. leave the house yeah mm-hmm 
Yeah, oh, that's true. You do. Oh, and Lee and and Mike are together, that's and you true. come console me when I go insane. Yeah. So mm-hmm. that's actually very actually real. Yeah. That's that's nice. actually reality. Wow. Okay. Match made in heaven. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Or the, worst or the worst. Or the worst reality ever. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Oh my god. Oh no. I mean, I need to go start to get on the new Roswell show or something. Yeah. Let's get back into the movie now and not like what fucked up version we are. Um, let's get into. I don't know. Where do you, does anybody want to jump off with anything in the middle part of this movie? It, like I said, it's too hard to go linear. So if anybody wants to spot out anything, if anybody has questions, maybe this would be a good point to ask questions, and we can just kind of run through questions. If you were confused about scenes, uh, what do you think, Greg? One big question is when. Okay, you guys asked me something before about the box and the markers and the the whole point was to create a unique identifier for their home so that they knew where they could go uh and that they wouldn't get mixed up by alternate versions of themselves so can you guys answer me why would they choose so at, at some point they decide okay well we need to do this for ourselves why would they first of all get a box as a container for their markers which was already done by a different house. And then why would they choose the exact same photos if they had already seen it earlier? I mean, like, why would they, why would they duplicate that? They did some things like say, okay, I'm going to use a, a blue marker to write the numbers b- behind our photos. So they did some things that were different, but then why would they just choose the exact same photos that they yeah. already saw? I did not understand that and i and i thought that we were following the blue house at that point so yeah i i'm in agreement with you the whole thing with the box is just convenience it just happens to be what's in the house so and that's that's like actually a pretty cool reveal when she's they're all like that's been here the whole time like that's kind of crazy uh the dice thing of course you have different numbers there so that's her but yeah but choosing the same exact pictures i'm with you like you're looking through pictures why would you choose the same exact ones or even a mirror like posing for the same photo and and he even says to himself it's not exactly the same but why even make it that similar why not just fucking take off your shirt i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i i also feel like there were a lot of times they didn't want to rock the boat so maybe they're like if this box gets found well i mean i guess they had the different identifier like Mm -hmm. identifying object but yeah it almost seems like they were trying to do something similar because Another aspect of this movie that I really liked was that whatever group you were following at the time, they were then constantly worried, like, are we ahead of the other realities or are we Mm. behind? And if they felt like they were behind, Mm. they were kind of thinking irrationally, like, oh, my God, I got to catch up to where these people are, you know. And when they thought they were ahead, that's when they did revert to things that were along the lines of violence by, like, wanting to go and smash someone's window and steal their book or whatnot, leave threatening notes. So, Mm -hmm. I wonder if that might be why. Like, yeah, they already seen it. It was the convenience. I mean, the box totally was a convenience thing. Yeah. Lee was napping, never knew about the first box in any reality, we That's think. True. So the fact that she shows up with that, what are they going to be like? We can't use that box. They're well, just like, okay. Go in a purse or something. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, other than that reasoning, I don't think there's no. Do you, do you, can you think of another reason? I just think that not all of them, since they all weren't from the same reality, that was new to some of them. The idea of using those pictures or the idea mm-hmm. of using the marker because not until they all start naming off markers like the the oven mitt or the ping pong paddle, like Amir doesn't mm-hmm. realize like when M says or a ping pong paddle, like, hey, remember, guys, yeah. we found one with a ping pong paddle like that didn't phase anyone else. Yeah, he's like, so I don't yeah, yeah. what? Yeah, that's right. true. Yeah. This movie is very like, I don't know if suspense is the right word. It's not it's not really scary. 
No. Um, did you guys have any like a jump scare ish in this movie at all? Did any scene really like unnerve you, freak you out? What, what do you think, Laura? No, not at all. <laughs> this is truly a psychological thriller, and that's why we do horror ish movies. And yeah. I can pick something <laughs> like this because I I mm-hmm. love this genre. Yeah. The one that pissed me off the most, the most emotional reaction, when the friend air quotes was it Beth? Is that the, the, the blonde ketamine? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sees Lori hitting on her friend's boyfriend. Oh, it doesn't do shit. Doesn't do anything. Doesn't interrupt. Be like, hey guys, what's going on over here? She just goes and tells M after the fact. Like, what the mm-hmm. fuck was that? <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't do that. That's not me. I would have gotten. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, you would have. No, you would have thrown gum in her hair. <laughs> I feel like that's an, that's an actual thing that happened right now with this laugh. <laughs> it's a true story. Maybe now I'm regretting Nicole being on here. <laughs> you guys forget that she actually knows you guys almost as probably maybe more than she knows me, actually. So you guys might be in trouble tonight. Yeah, we're all in trouble. <laughs> all right. On that note, I'm going to get a drink refill. Okay. Go get a drink refill. Nice, nice. Uh, Greg, do you want to ask another question while Laura's getting more ketamine? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we haven't talked about the point where where M sees Kevin or like an alternate version of Kevin outside, right? Mm-hmm. So that was a pretty pivotal moment. That's where she realized like everything could be scrambled in backwards. First of all, I don't know if you guys noticed this, but when she was facing him, like his face was lit up. But then when it shot back to her, only her face was glowing from the blue light. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Just that's just bad camera work there to me. I didn't like that. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm going to point that All out. All right, I'm back. I feel like Greg's saying something I don't like. Yeah, so. I think I think so. I think you can I think you heard I think your ears were I think your ears were burning, Lauren. You ran back really quickly, I think. Uh <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I don't know when Greg turned into fucking a cinematographer or something like that on, on our reviews, because he's just pointing out things that I just don't even think matter in this movie. Cinematography is important. But his opinion is not important. That's what I'm well, trying no, to say. Yeah. This, this is the thing is it's like the the whole movie is shot from there are no still shots in this movie. So it, you're supposed to feel like immersed in what felt like to me was a reality TV show. So the moment you do something that is like out of line with that or like out of whack, then I think it really takes you out because you, it's almost like watching a found footage film and seeing something that doesn't add up. Anyway, I know that the bigger issue with this movie is like the, the, the phenomena that's happening and, and the physics behind it. And, and, Honestly, like the relationships, that's probably at, at the core of this movie, or at least it should be. So I don't know. It was just really crazy. You know, it's at some point, like you said, you find out that Amir and Hugh were never, were not part of that reality. And then I, I think like, you know, when you're saying, were there any big scary moments of this movie? I didn't, I was never jump scared, but everything was unsettling. The moment that you feel that your reality is, is not what you thought it was. Did you guys notice there was that moment where, uh, where Beth asks Lee where she got that plant a That's second yeah. time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And she, you know, oh, I got it from Galaxy, that that thrift shop. And then M notices mm-hmm. that it's the same question. And she's like, what is going on? You already asked that question. Yeah. And then I started questioning. I mean, that, that was one thing they did so well with this movie is make you really question what your reality was. Because you're made to think that every scene you're following the original Blue House. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. the whole thing. And then when that starts to break down, it just becomes like, it becomes wild and it blew my mind was there something so for me what i started well not the first time the after the rewatch what i started to watch for to track m was what shoes she was wearing oh because Mm. she's wearing 
like gray socks with hearts in like the house where she's prima ballerina. She was wearing like ankle socks at one point. She's barefoot at one point when she's when the red and blue glow sticks cross each other. I could have swore she's wearing boots. And I'm like, you're not going to wear ankle socks with boots. Like, that's ridiculous. <laughs> so, you know, then just that's what I started paying attention to, to try to keep track of who I was watching. Yeah. Like, like I said, when, wow. like I said, once you watch this movie once and you understand kind of what's going on and then you watch, keep watching it, the more you watch it, the more you're like dialing into like every minute little detail and trying to see like what's changed, what's different. Because like I said, I think they're all meant to be there for a reason. Like the sock thing, I didn't see that. And she pointed out, I'm like, oh, you're right. Um, but it's kind of crazy. But but speaking of the the scene you just called out with the red and blue glow sticks, to me, that is the most unnerving scene yeah. in this movie. Yeah. When when the four, the group of four, it's what M, Kevin, Mike, and uh Oh, Lori. Lori go and they, you know, they try to look in the house and they come back and they stop in the street and then it pans over and there's exactly four of them. With the red glow sticks just staring at each other and you're you're like analyzing the scene to be like is that really them is that them oh my god it's them and it pauses for like a good five seconds and then just everybody runs and it's just like yeah. such an unnerving scene to be like because that's, that's the first scene where you're seeing like multiple in the same space and it's so yeah. weird because you automatically think like you're in that situation you see yourself it's one thing at this point to think like there's already alternate us running around out there and not ever seeing yourself yet but then when you actually see yourself, to me, that's so fucked up. Yeah. Can you imagine like seeing yourself, what that would actually be like? I cannot imagine that. Like, I, you know, you see yourself in video, you see yourself on film or tape, but physically that person in front of you, I just, I can't imagine that. It would be crazy. I mean, unless I was like skinny, then that would be kind of cool to be like, yeah, oh, I'd like, like, can you do a 360? Can oh. you see how you look? Like <laughs> You're trying to analyze yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, all right. <laughs> what diet were you on? Yeah. 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 No pandemic in your guys' reverse? No. Yeah. Okay. Shit. All right. That was a good mechanic. I mean, using the glow sticks. I mm -hmm. Don't you guys agree? Yeah. That was such a great mechanic to, to reveal what was real and what was not, even though by the end we find out that there's just an infinite number of every color, but that wasn't the point. Early on, that was such a good mechanic to show that, you know, when he, Hugh and Amir start looking at each other and then they pull, to me, when yes. they start pulling out their red glow sticks, I'm in the wrong house. Oh, man, that flipped the whole movie upside down. That's what I was just going to say. Yeah, that part, I'm like, I don't understand. And the first time it's just like, I don't understand. I don't understand. Yeah. <laughs> you want the, you just want to get to the end because you're like, okay, I just need to know what's fucking yeah. happening. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, yeah, the more you watch it, the more you just appreciate everything in this movie. And I think that's mm -hmm. the big thing from this movie is this mm -hmm. is not a one and done. If you watch this once, maybe you think it's a cool movie, mm -hmm. but you got to watch it multiple times to really yeah. love it, to really dig into it because it's fucking insane how it actually plays out. There are so many movies that have themes like this, similar twists, turns, and the rewatchability sucks. It's like, yeah. once you know what happens, you try to rewatch it and you're like, eh. But the fact that we're still seeing things, and it's exactly what the director said in that interview quote I read out, mm -hmm. like he wants you to be able to watch this 12 times and unpack a new layer every time. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, what makes this movie different from the other ones? Why is it that, I mean, if we watched it tomorrow, we would all probably enjoy it, right? Why? Why wouldn't we already be tired of it? I, Greg, it's the details. I've, I've watched this the four times yeah, and, and I, I could watch it, what, eight more times and be at 12 and be pretty happy. Like, I'll tell you right now, you keep watching it. You just, you, there's so many little things that to notice. 
And the more you watch it, the more you pick up on it. And like I said, we haven't got to the ending yet. I've watched this four times and I still don't know what's really going on, I think, at the ending. So, you know what I mean? It just it makes you want to keep watching because I feel like even though you think you know what's happening, I don't think you have the answers. And I don't think the director has ever said exactly what's going on in this movie, which is, you know, pretty fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I think the other thing that makes it easy to rewatch is um, like you question yourself so much. You question your own theories. Like one thing that I want to rewatch it because I don't know if it's a real thing or not is the original color marker she writes in the notepad. Hmm. And then when she goes back to it, it's green. But I could have swore the first one was a different color, but I'm not sure. So I want to rewatch it. It, just, it makes like, you second guess yeah. everything you saw in the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. So we're watching yeah. this. I'm going to watch five times now. Yes. <laughs> oh, awesome. <laughs> I'm going to get to 12. I'm going to get to 12 one day. Yeah. Yeah. We're going to be like that uh, Charlie Day meme that like with yeah. papers all over our house. Red strings on yeah. our walls marking M socks, M socks changes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> time markers oh my, my god favorite. yeah i'm gonna fall down a black hole myself <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah um yeah let's 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 get to let's talk about the ending uh laura do you want to set up the ending and we'll get into it and maybe do little theories if we have any yeah i feel like the end the ending's pretty simple so oh, okay oh, yeah. oh, I, I, will, I will quickly go through it and then you guys can throw your shit at me because i'm like makes sense to me okay okay so uh <laughs> shit really hits the fan and we're obviously following M and she just leaves at one point. She, I think it's her third, her third and final time leaving. She's like, fuck you crazies. <laughs> yeah. She's like, fuck the situation. And she ends up going and looking into every house, which is the same house. It's all of them. And looking at just a few of the other realities. And most of the ones that she looks at are just as bad <laughs> if not worse <laughs> some of than what are she's the, dealing with some of them are so fucking cold my favorite one is when the two mics yes. are tied up together <laughs> that is like my favorite one because i'm like well and that's like the worst one right well, i mean yeah, that in that one it's like yes, oh yes. shit mm-hmm. it's getting real violent like yeah, someone might yeah. die that, here yeah that would be me wandering the streets and somehow i ended up tied up in another house by myself yeah yeah because yeah. Yeah, then yeah, you also have yeah you also have sorry sorry you also have the one where kevin like gets back together with Lori because they had a yeah. connection and and you can kind of hear them talking we had the subtitles on thank god and you can hear them saying something like oh we just reconnected tonight and blah 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 oh and i'm like oh god. shit like that's a fucked up house too you know it's like oh wow yeah i mean they're all bad i mean if anything they're just yelling at each other every tensions are high there's anxiety and so she just keeps looking at all of these realities and finally she stumbles upon one the lights are on clearly none of them have left the house mm-hmm. they're all just a true group of eight friends after dinner having wine enjoying each other's company nobody has their cell phones out there and they're just having a nice time and she looks over at herself and kevin and she's canoodling with him and mm. Then she overhears someone make a comment like, oh, when they go to Vietnam. So in this reality, she had chosen to go, likely because their relationship was much better and stronger. So she makes a decision. I don't want my life. I want this Emily's life. I'm going to take it. Mm -hmm. And so she causes a distraction by breaking Hugh's window. The group goes out and she knocks other Emily over the head, I believe. Oh, no, I'm sorry. She covers her mouth with ketamine that she had stolen 
So we think she's got her and we're like, okay, this is it. Like this, I thought already, like, this is, yeah, she puts her in the trunk. I was like, this is really cool. I love the fact that mm -hmm. she's essentially stealing another reality for herself and getting rid of that Emily. Like so far, this is the most horrific, violent thing we've seen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like the main character who we've been following doing it. And, you know, Garav was saying this in his interview, you never think the main character is actually capable of doing these things. So you're like, oh, shoot, I've been rooting for you. Like, what are you doing? You know, uh, turns out that she did not die from that experience and comes back. And so Emily has to then hit her over the head and put her in the bathtub. And so now we're thinking like, okay, she's probably still not dead, but she's in the bathtub. Emily escapes these situations and she ends up fainting and we cue to morning. And in the morning time, she's like, oh shit, I gotta go look and see if she's still in the bathtub. But there's people in the bathroom. They're using the bathroom and no one has said anything. So I think her and myself as a viewer think, oh, well, it all collapsed on itself. The comet broke up, it's over. So that Emily is gone now and she's here. And, you know, she sees Kevin, they have some nice exchanges. And then all of a sudden he says, my phone is ringing. Oh, that's weird. It's you. And he answers it. And there is a voice on the other end. And he looks over at her like, what? And then cuts to black. Oh, Laura. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't watch it 10 times, Laura. And go down Reddit black holes. <laughs> I, 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 I stumbled down a couple of Reddit holes uh, after watching this movie multiple times because I'm like, it doesn't make sense at the end. Like, I got to know what's happening. So, um, I mean, do you guys want me to get into what I think and what I read and what's happening or, you know? Or... So you don't think there's just two of them in this reality now? No. As far as what I think and what I've seen and what I've read, there's could be four. There could be four at the end here. So what I've read and what I kind of see is that when M looks in the window and sees this, you know, ultimate, whatever you want to call it, perfect universe, she wants to go into perfect reality. Some people are saying that M already on the couch is already one that's already abducted somebody. Because if you think about it, if, if our main M has this idea, then multiple other realities have wow. this idea. So that's one thing people are saying is that. So then you have the scene where an M gets the bats. Some people are saying that's another M. Then you have an M that gets the ketamine. That's another M because they have different ideas of what they're going to do. Mm -hmm. So you have three M's looking outside the house, more or less. One at the window, one grabbing a bat, one getting the ketamine. And then you have the one inside the house. So you okay. have four yeah. at the end. So then what you have is uh, you have the one that got the ketamine. She, of course, goes to the car, puts her in the trunk. I think we're to believe that that is our main M because that does still follow her. Um, the one thing that really kind of spots out this theory is she takes her sweater and she puts it on. So then when she goes in the house, she's acting like her, of course. And then everybody goes on the balcony or the patio to look at the comet break up. And what happens is it, the lights go out again. When the lights come back on, she's not wearing the sweater anymore. Mm. The sweater is gone. And that could be a continuity on her error i don't know but we've no. seen multiple things in this movie that just seems like everything is planned so people are saying that when the lights go back on you're in another reality again it splits and this is another m maybe not our own i'm not sure um and then there's people are saying that the one that got the bat is the one that hit over this other m in the head and put her in the bathroom because the first m puts her in the car trunk 
And then when she comes crawling, she comes crawling out of like the bathroom area. She's already in the house. So it's not mm. like she's coming in the front door. So the one in the trunk is always there as far as mm. I take it. And that gets into the whole Schrodinger's cat thing at the end of this movie of how two M's can exist in the same space because nobody's opened the trunk yet. Because like they said in Schrodinger's cat, as long as you don't open that box, you're technically alive and dead at the same time. So she mm -hmm. is in the trunk. She has the phone. In her reality, her phone didn't break. So she's calling from the trunk. And then you have the M that wakes up on the couch in the Whoa. end. So there's two at the end. Well, right. Yeah. So there's two at the end. At the end, there's two. Right. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's how I see it, too. And the director has said in an interview that at the end, it's supposed to be that Emily is now in an identity crisis because now she's going to have to live with one other of herself hmm. in her life when it wasn't supposed to be that way. They were all supposed to collapse and, yeah, you know, never see each other again. So, okay. So, yeah, I, I also think there's two at the end. I think yeah. that's right. Mm -hmm. yeah. But just, yeah, okay. how they went about getting the two is, I think. Yeah, to... no, I, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because there's sounds... even, there's even one thing you're talking about of this ideal reality of it is, you know, she's accepted Kevin's whatever, you know, thing to go with him. But there's also, I think, a note in there where they're talking in the background and somebody asks this M like, hey, are you going to put your dancing career on hold? Like in this reality, she was the understudy too. And wow. she became this famous dancer. So this is like the ideal reality for her. She's, she did every, every choice she ever questioned or did wrong. In this reality, she did the opposite and got them all right. Yeah. So this is her ultimate. I mean, sadly at the end, like it's not her reality to be in, you know, which is going to be kind of crazy. But what that, do you think? What do you think, Greg? Well, that's my question. I mean, just kind of step, step aside from the, the topic of, what actually happens and i i want to ask you guys do, would you accept that reality because it's almost like you know we all have had our failures and all of our shortcomings right at some point don't you live with that and you go well that's just me that i i've lived through that you know as uh, the successes that i've had i've earned those just as much as i've earned the failures don't you think that she would feel at some point guilty for living a stolen life because she had lived through the failures that she did, but suddenly it's handed to you. I mean, I, I think it sounds her, like I a, don't think so. I don't think hmm. original M that is her because she's so indecisive. Like mm. it's so annoying. Like you're so indecisive and she clearly couldn't live with those things because Lori brings it up yeah. at the dinner table and everyone's like, Oh shit, she's bringing it up. Like it happened such a long time ago, but it's still such a sensitive topic. Yeah. That's what I think too. Yeah. But uh, but like Greg is saying, too, like, yeah, that is a very good question. I kind of, you know, I kind of want to ask you guys, too, is like, yeah, you know, I know it's like, you know, she is taking somebody else's life more or less. And and not that, like, would either of you, any of you guys do that. But I think the the reasoning, I think, for her to do it is through this movie, she realizes she's never in her own reality. She's already lost her own reality. And like yeah. Laura, you said when uh, when Mike fina finally just gives in, he's just like, this is my reality now. Mm -hmm. And I think she comes to that realization of like, I'm never getting back to where I was, where I built my life, all the decisions I made. I might as well go find fucking the one I want to be in, you know? I mean, it's fucked up. It's fucked up to think about. But man, it's kind of it's crazy. 
do you think greg that you would fucking do that and you would just be like i'm gonna fucking fuck my reality i'm gonna go find the best one i want or you know it's tough because i think there are parts of your life where you feel like you tried your hardest you did your best and you genuinely deserved it and i think you could convince yourself that if that was handed to you on a silver platter you would just take it and you would feel no regret for just taking it uh but you know that said i don't know i think uh Living through the, the, the traumatic night that they all did, you're probably in a state where, you know, you walk down the street and she's basically window shopping through all these altered realities. <laughs> 99% of them are just atrocious and horrible. You have to think that it's like a, that, that's a deal that you take, honestly, because you realize that this is the best it's going to get. And it's not like that reality isn't completely different. She still has her friends. She's still herself. It's almost just like, uh, her goals and achievements were, were realized, you know? So I don't know. I think, um, I suspect most people will just would take it on the whim. Hmm. You agree, Laura, too? No, because I wouldn't have left the house. Even if I, like, <laughs> even oh, if people oh, that left. Be rational. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Well, I wouldn't have. Honestly, like, thinking of being in the situation, I would make Brooks, my husband, I would, like, go into a bedroom in the house and just lock the door and be like, we're not leaving. <laughs> we're just locked in here. And other people can do what they're going to do, but we're just going to stay. <laughs> there was that line where M, for like the fourth time, the group is leaving the house again. She's like, so what? We're splitting up again? And Amir's like, no, we're not. We're just going into two different groups. <laughs> I was like, oh, is that what we're doing, Amir? Okay, cool. G good to know. Good to know. Mansplaining groups. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, funny. I guess wow. that's the solution. Stay in the house. Yeah. Uh, do you guys have any, Yeah. Do you guys have any final thoughts for this movie? I mean, I know we're highly recommending it, but well, yeah. maybe most of us. I'm not sure about Greg. He might be a double. <laughs> he might be a double. Uh, do you have any final thoughts, Laura, of the movie? I really like most of the ending. I really do. Um, I think that her like looking at the other realities is genius. Her trying to steal a reality is genius. I even like the idea that she didn't get it right and now there is two emily's in this one reality and that's basically i mean her life is over the other emily is going to continue having her life so she's fucked she's got nothing now i think that whole thing is really genius but for some reason the way it was executed in that last like 10 15 seconds yeah. really bothered me you wanted the other M just to come out and be like, hey, bitch, get out of here. You know, that's what you wanted. <laughs> this is like another League of Their Own moment for me. Like, I love a League of Their Own, except for the ending when mm. Dottie lets Kit win. I hate it. <laughs> and I love this whole movie up until yeah. exactly the same thing, that phone call. And I'm just like, oh, I don't like it. Yeah. It's, I, I totally agree. I'm exactly the same. There, it, it just feels like it's missing something. I was even telling her, because I was, like I said, I watched this movie multiple times and I was still kind of confused at the end to be like, wait, what's exactly going on? Like, I wanted more of like a definite like answer at the end. I wanted I wanted to hear the voice maybe or like I said, hear like her banging the trunk in the car. Like I would have taken yeah, that over the phone just, something. Just to yeah. clearly be like, yes, this is the other M. This is where she's at. This is what happened. Like for a whole movie where you don't know what the fuck is going on, at least let us know what's going on at the end. You know, and I love yeah. like not knowing. I love Inception. Like Laura mentioned, when you spin the top and you don't know, did it fall? Did it not? Like, yeah. like that's cool. Right. And I feel like that works. But I feel like in this movie, like I feel like, yeah, something was just missing. You know, what, what do you think about the ending, Greg? 
Uh, yeah, I was a little bit unsatisfied too. I, I do have to say, despite all the little flaws that I was pointing out, which you guys think are frivolous, I still liked all of the little unexplained mis- mysteries throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, from the, the the note that they had put on the door, how it being the same thing that he had written, um, to the same pictures being taken, to Beth's handwriting, she find, finding out that she was the run, one who wrote the note to Mike walking down the street and saying, this is my house, which is something like, I feel like we have experienced in a dream, but to think that it happened in reality is, is pretty trippy. Um, to the red glow sticks, all, all of that is cool. But the, the issue with me is that, yeah, when you get to the end, to me, all of those little mix ups and mind games kind of seem meaningless. Because you're spending so much time trying to figure out who's from what reality. And then it's like at the end, suddenly it doesn't matter because there's just so many realities. And I don't know if that's maybe they thought that was good. But at the same time, I kind of felt like how, you know, I, I love that show Lost. We all like that show. But I remember watching it. A lot of the, the criticisms were that there are so many mysteries that would just seem to be there to just screw with you. And people hated that. It was just a bunch of questions and weird, odd occurrences that were happening and then there was no payoff there was no explanation for it so i i kind of got a little bit of that i was a little bit unsatisfied like by the end i my question is what was the point of the movie what do you guys think what was what was the point of everything i even (laughs) thought about that (laughs) i was too busy worrying about what some guy's t-shirt was buttoned up to or some chick's socks dude (laughs) i i find this to be speaking of groundhog's day this is the opposite of groundhog's day and groundhog's day he had to relive the same day over and over again because he was a shit person. And for whatever reason, the universe wanted him to not be a shit person anymore and learn. And however long that took, even if it took 35 years in the same day. Whereas in this, there's this opportunity where all of these realities are splitting and they're probably going to meld together. And she is picking the reality that suits that M best and is violently trying to get rid of the other M's in her way. And at the end, she gets what she deserves. So she's rewarded. No, not not rewarded. She doesn't get rewarded, Greg, at the end. No. Because she gets caught. Yeah. The other M survives, and now they're both in this one reality. What do you think happens? She doesn't. That's like what's so unsatisfying about it. It's just like. Greg, where have you been for the past 10 minute conversation we're having? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like at the end, at the end, Greg, there's two, there's two M's and she clearly gets caught stealing the other M. The other M's there still. Yeah. So like your guys question was, so you, you guys surmise that she has to deal with this reality where there's a second M. And I feel like that's the least of her issues. I mean, because now you, I mean, to have a, a identical version of yourself, it's not like, oh, well, now I have to figure out how to live with myself. No, it's like the world has to figure out how did you duplicate yourself. One of you has, I mean, the guy is probably going to kill you because he thinks you're a ghost or something. I don't know. It just seems like. Greg, you're like flopped. I think what the world thinks is B. A is like, I've just lost my life. I've lost my boyfriend because he's going to be with his original, well, what he thinks is his original M in the trunk. Mm -hmm. My friends, like I'm the quote unquote visitor. I'm the outsider. Mm -hmm. I'm not even convinced that she has to deal with that because who is that calling? Like, can they coexist? Like, say she is calling from the trunk. Once they open the trunk, is she still there? Yeah, because that's my whole thing with the Schrodinger's cat. Like, it... The way, I don't know. The way, like I said, the Schroeder's cat thing, there's no other reason in this movie to have it other than this ending. If you're going to say one of them is locked in a trunk, because that's exactly Schroeder's cat. 
if nobody opens that trunk, she's technically can be there. But people are saying that I read online, <laughs> went down Reddit holes of like, once somebody opens that trunk, she ceases to exist. Oh, I, I think she's there. And the director said she was there because he oh, says yeah? now RM is going to have an identity crisis. He wasn't on the Reddit thread I was on, so I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. But, <laughs> but I mean, identity crisis is such a, a weird way to describe that. That's like, mm -hmm. it's more than an identity crisis. That's like. Well, that's a that's an actual person crisis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. not your identity. It's uh, the fun yeah. of my life. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we're ever going to figure this yeah, out no. unless one day we can get the director on here to come talk to us and be like, dude, what the fuck is happening in this movie? <laughs> Pick your poison. Yeah, stop, stop drawing your storyboards and come talk to us. Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, but Please let's... draw me a picture about what happened in every single scene. <laughs> well, I, one last thing, and this is, you know, again, totally random. Again, I keep having these random ideas is when the self phone rang there was something i recognized that cell phone ringtone so badly from one of the horror movies that we've watched and i, I couldn't put my finger on it so it's if unfriended. anybody it's huh? unfriended it was unfriended that's the skype ringtone and unfriended oh thank you yeah yes okay thank you oh my god i was like rewinding it five or six times like where does that <laughs> that's come the part from? that you rewatched <laughs> That's what Greg rewatched in this movie. Not anything else. Yeah. Greg, Greg's now gonna give it a five because you just did that for him. Like, I love that. I love that ringtone. He's like that ringtone was fire. Yeah. Um, yeah. If anybody wants to email us and let us know what the fuck they thought of this movie, the ending, theories, please, please do. We'll read them on the podcast for the next fucking years. I mean, I'll be. I'm gonna be watching this for years it'll anyway. Go so. on our wall of theories. Yeah, it'll go on our home. wall of theories that we're making on, on the home right now. But uh, yeah, you can hit us up conjecturingpod at Gmail or Twitter, Instagram at conjecturing pod um but uh let's get into the rotten tomatoes a bit and get to the actual ratings here so rotten tomatoes for this movie they're very high uh critics score you have 88 percent audience score wow. you have 81 percent um i kind of went through them because i i really enjoyed this movie i thought it's really well done um so i kind of wanted to see what some of the negatives are about most people just really shout out that the actors are not great they're either unlikable or unrelatable characters that's really most of the negatives in this movie. That's dumb. <laughs> well, that's that's most people, you know. It's a lot of people, you know. Uh, people that don't like the Snyder Cut, you know. You can say the same thing, maybe. Uh, <laughs> you got Marvel and Snyder mixed up, babe. No, oh, okay. All right, all right, that's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Ouch. Um, so, <laughs> so that's what people are just thinking out there. Uh, so let's see what we line up in this movie. Uh, so let's do one to five ratings. Uh, let's do how many comments. How many comments are you given oh, this comments. movie? Um, so let's see. And like I said, you could run through positive negatives if you want a little bit. Uh, let's start with Laura. What do you think, Laura? One to five. What are you giving this movie? I am giving this a 4.25. <laughs> Rob's favorite. Right, so you're uh, giving me a fourth of a comment? Yeah. Is that just like the tail? The little tails yeah. flickering on the it's end? one of the tail? little pieces oh, okay, that break right. off. Tail, yeah. Okay, up in the right. atmosphere. Yeah. I, I mean, the first time I saw this, I really liked it. I mean, I'm just such a fan of this genre of movie and... Yeah, I thought they all did a really good job, especially knowing that they're improving everything they say. That to me is incredible. I I love any movie that you can watch more than once, has layers that you haven't unpacked yet, has uh, unpredictable twists on that first watch. All of that was great. The only reason why I'm not giving it higher is just that split second at the end didn't That's do true. it for wow. me. Okay. All right. Uh, what, what, what about you, Nick? What do you? What would you rate one to five this movie? I'm just gonna go with a clean four. Thank you. I appreciate um, it. Yeah. Nope. No fractions. <laughs> just because, I mean, not the beginning, I was confused and that was more of a me thing of just 
trying to grasp the movie. Like if I just watched it and you didn't look things up, like I really wouldn't have thought about it again, I don't mm, think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I like questioned myself with some of it, like, is this a big deal? Did I miss something? Sort of like, did I really see that? Um, but it didn't intrigue me enough to like, I'm gonna go look it up. Yeah, I mean, everybody listening, she is not a rewatcher. No. She does not rewatch. The no. only thing she fucking rewatches is the last 20 minutes of Avengers Endgame. <laughs> and, I, and I start at two hours and seven minutes. Okay, okay you, that's you know, where I you know the exact time <laughs> mark. And she watches that infinite times, infinite <laughs> realities. And I ask her to watch a movie I like again. And she's like, no, that's okay. So I, I was really happy that she actually rewatched this again. Because, yeah, I think the second time is when you really yeah. start to love it. Yeah. You know, first time you can see watching it being like, it's cool. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. Good, exciting things. Like, let's move on. You got to keep watching this movie. You don't have to keep watching it like four times like me, but (laughs) at least two would I think really appreciate Mm -hmm. it. So, and yeah, I did want to rewatch. Um, and just the end, I just that phone call last look thing. Maybe it's just a cliche 2013 thing. (laughs) You know, maybe it would have been cool then, Mm -hmm. but yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Nice. Uh, what about you, Greg? One to five. How many comments are you giving this movie? Yeah, you, you know, I, I never really do that thing where people go, this movie is like this and this. I, mm. I always was am bothered by that. But I, I will say that this movie is straight up the invitation meets but you're triangle. Gonna do that. <laughs> I'm going to do it now. Okay. Okay. But you love triangle. And after our anniversary episode, you now really enjoy the invitation. So right. I can't well, wait to hear your score. Th- this mm. is the thing where I think Triangle, you know, uh, nailed the the uh, the different realities thing a lot better, and Invitation nailed the dinner party thing better, and the personal <laughs> stakes and anxiety better. I knew. Um, but look, that said, I've already talked about all my negatives in this movie. Should you and or anybody watch this movie, a hundred percent, I think you really can't ignore. For me, the thing that really stuck with me, despite all the little itty bitty things along the ways, is just the efficiency of it. For being especially that low budget, which I didn't know about until you guys mentioned it to me, um, it feels so well thought out and done. I, you can appreciate every single scene throughout this movie, especially for for that budget. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give it a solid four. Damn! <laughs> you're sometimes you're like I don't know your your talking points, and then no, and then and then ratings just don't line up sometimes. Like Rob, you're, just whatever, just accept it. Okay. <laughs> oh wow! Don't go into the alternate reality. Don't, don't go in there. Stay don't, in the house. Stay in the house. Reality. Oh, man. <laughs> this is not that hill to die on. I'm just don't go outside. <laughs> All right, I'll take my wife's advice for once and stay in the house. Okay. All right. Um, for for me, uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'm apparently now that I know Greg's score, I'm in line with everybody. I I'm so surprised. But uh yeah, I mean, I dug this movie. I mean, I, like I said, I've watched it so many fucking times. You know, I mean, I love all the intricate things. I love the twist, the surprises. Even the first time watching, I'm like, this movie is fucking pretty genius. And then to hear, you know, the writer director, you know, plan this out for a year of like how everything connects. And then the whole improv stuff actually is kind of cool. It makes it actually, you know, like it a little bit more that they kind of improv a lot of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I think I'm with most of you guys. I'm going to see a four two. Like I said, just that ending to me. Yeah. It's just, it's missing something. It just, I wish that ending was cleaner, better fucking something cooler help happened. I mean, whatever. I don't know what you want to call it. Justin you know? Long pops out of the trunk. He's like, 
<laughs> I mean, oh, that would be that'd be ultimate. You know, that's true. That's true. Yeah. Rob would give our first. I give it a ten out of five. <laughs> yeah, I know. that's true. That's true. That's true. Yeah. All right. So we got all our scores. Like I said, highly recommendable movie. Yeah. Like I said, if you're just listening to this and you didn't really watch the movie, please watch the movie. We definitely didn't do it justice in the review, really, because it's just too hard to get into everything, and we couldn't do it in the yeah. in a, in a reasonable time frame. So please just watch this movie. And if you only watched it once, watch it again. Mm-hmm. Watch it again. Try to look for these little things. Pause it every fucking two minutes, like I did, and think about it. You know. Um, but yeah, thank. I want to thank my wife for coming on. You know, yes. finally being Yay! a part of this uh, this you. podcast. You know, hopefully I didn't irritate you more than normal. Oh no, not more than normal. I was on good behavior. Yeah. Okay, good. I was, I was, I was sweating bullets. So thank God, <laughs> I got it worked thanks, out. Thanks for being our, our Rob fact checker. We appreciate yeah, that. yeah, yeah. Get ready. Yeah, you know, next week we'll all be back to just making up stories mostly, I guess. Um, but yeah, thank you, thank you. You know, maybe we'll see you again another time. Thank okay. you. All right, bye guys. Bye. Bye. Good night. Yeah, so that's uh that's it for this week's uh, review. Next week we're reviewing 2003's Identity. Uh, to me, a very similar movie now I think about it. People stuck in a oh, place a with different yeah. things are happening. You're kind of trying to figure it out. So, uh, But I'm excited. I, I really like Identity. You know, I've seen it multiple times. I, I don't know if I've seen it as much as Coherence, but uh, I've seen it a lot of times. Uh, this is Greg's pick, Greg. So why, why did you pick this movie again, Greg? Oh, man. I, I haven't seen it since it probably came out. Um, oh, wow. And I just I remember it, it struck a very strong chord with me. And, um, you know, what really reminded me of this movie was when we watched Seven. And there are a lot of mm. similar mm. overlapping vibes uh, between these two movies. So, yeah, it, it really was just a random spark that uh, popped up in my head. Nice, nice. I'm excited. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then uh, our rest of our schedule is going to be on, we're going to be posting on Twitter and Instagram. It'll also be on our website, the other movies we're watching this month. Um, we want to say, please remember, you know, we have Conjecture Choice still coming every month. So keep uh, keep them picks ringing, keep sending them in every <laughs> every week. Is there ever going to be a point you guys don't laugh when I say it? No. And why is that not a t-shirt? I know. Oh, there we right. go. We got we to gotta start working on that one. Either me and Laura, oh, one of us, God. between the two of us, we got to get it yeah. going. Um, maybe we'll have alternate versions, alternate realities, or we have multiple <laughs> shirts of that one. Um, so, uh, yeah, keep sending them in. Like I said, you can hit us up conjecture, uh, conjecturing pod, uh, a Gmail, Twitter, Instagram at conjecturing pod. Also, our website, podpage.com slash conjecturing pod. Um, yeah, and like we said in the beginning, you know, if you like the pod, you know, check out our merch on our web, on our uh, merch site. Uh, that's at tpublic.com slash user slash conjecturing pod. Go and check out all those designs. Maybe we're going to have some new alternate reality shirts we're going to come up with me and laura ones where she's drinking ketamine out of a bottle or something or one where where i'm wandering the streets looking for things i don't know we'll figure it out (laughs) have some cool ideas maybe in our heads uh lastly we want to say please uh subscribe rate review our podcast wherever you're listening to it on uh and also check out the slash and cast podcast network at slash and cast.network so that's it from the gold room tonight Uh, this has been a conjecturing i've been rob and laura and Greg. Yeah, until next time, remember horror subjective, so conjecture away. Uh wait wait a second, guys. What what uh what color glow sticks do you have? Greg, what color glow sticks do you have? Mine's green. It's always been green, right? Green? Laura, what color glow stick do you have? Red? Right? Red. Wait. Why? I I have blue. Oh shit.
my god. You guys are full of shit. I'm done with you.